Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. As you work on growing into who you truly are, you are going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. And your way to combat those is to show yourself a lot more self-compassion. You're listening to episode 148 with Josh Searle, showing yourself compassion as you grow into your true self. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. Hello and welcome back. I am so looking forward to sharing my interview on this topic of self-compassion. We have spoken a lot this month about being true to who you are, and one of the most important parts of that process is being kind to yourself, really kind, the compassionate kind of kind. Before we dig in, I want to remind you this is the last week to apply to my progress program, which is small group growth coaching for women. And as a listener, you can take 20% off with the code LISTENER, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R in all caps. Also, my free five day social media course is still ready for you at aboutprogress.com slash free. If you know that a big part of why you aren't knowing who you really are is because you're wasting your time away on social media, it's time to fix that. So join that free email course and start making growth in how you are able to manage your time and do what you really want to do with your life so you can be who you want to be. Today, I am speaking to a really magnificent guy and his name is Josh Searle. 
some people have known me from my blog at from bravely botching live and it's more it's lately transitioned to the josh searle channel which is uh mainly on facebook and i do have my my websites uh but so a lot of my content that, that i've been writing over the over the past few years has been about you know failing forward or giving ourselves permissions to to uh figure things out so that's why the title bravely botching life and realizing that you know it's okay to make mistakes and you know through this whole writing process and working with individuals you know i you know had this huge i guess obsession with self-compassion and self-care and so that's what a lot of my writing has been about as i've worked with people one-on-one is to it's okay to to make mistakes and give ourselves permission to figure things out don't you already love him? I was introduced to Josh by a former guest, Andy Proctor, who told me about him and how he has great teachings on learning by getting messy, which Josh says is falling forward. I love that. And you know how much I love the topic of getting messy too. If you want to grow, you need to do what Josh says and bravely botch things. And your ability to do that and still keep your self-worth intact is self-compassion. And that's what this whole episode is going to be about. First, let's clear up this whole flawed thinking that self-love, which is often, I think, mistaken for self-compassion. So what self-love means and how some people think that means you just do whatever you want and you don't care about the consequences. How can we fail forward in figuring out who we are, what we have to offer to the world and to ourselves and growing up in real, real ways? And sometimes that means looking a little different and sometimes it means making mistakes. So what I wanted you here on today was to talk about this piece of giving yourself compassion along the way. So often we hear this buzzword of self-love and I think people mistake that as do whatever the heck you want. (laughs) and don't worry about hurting other people or don't be responsible, spend all the money, love yourself. You know, that's not what it is. What do you think it is, this piece? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I'm very passionate about this topic. And it's kind of interesting because we go through our youth, we go through high school, college, into our adult years, but we never talk about self-compassion because I think overall we don't wake up in the morning think, thinking, you know, I'm going to be a bad person today. I'm going to use people. I'm going to, you know, cause this path of destruction wherever I go. No, I, like, like overall we, we get up in the morning and we say, you know, I want to accomplish great things today. I want to do good. I want to be good. But oftentimes we have so many wounds or, you know, life experiences that kind of alter our behavior sometimes. And so rather than, you know, having this compassion for ourselves, like, you know, I made a mistake, I can do better. It's we get into this like the shame cycle of like, oh, no, I'm unworthy. I, I've made stupid mistakes. And it's this like downward cycle. And for me, like for years, it really crippled uh, my self-worth and how I felt God viewed me. But really, most importantly, how I viewed myself. If that makes sense. Yes. Okay. So true compassion is not being willing Let's say this again. True compassion is no longer being willing to buy into this shame cycle. True compassion is seeing how you want to grow and working on that from a place of love and acceptance of yourself along the way. True. And I also think along with that, with when we have like self-love and self-compassion, we realize that we are just like everybody else. You know, because even with self-compassion, it really ties into like self-esteem. And in my experiences and stuff that I've read and the people I've coached with online, you know, we have this 
this concept of, right, self-love equates to like um, self-esteem. And so we got to go do hard things to, to build our self-esteem. But if we go and get self-esteem through thinking we're better than other people, or we get our self-esteem through, wow, I'm really good at this talent. Like, I'm really good at playing basketball, or I'm a phenomenal singer, or, or I make lots of money. When we get our, when we get our self-worth from that, it's not stable. Because eventually we're going to find someone who makes more more money than us. We'll find someone who sings better or plays better, and all of a sudden we're like, "Oh, wait a minute! I thought I was I thought I was successful. I had the self worth, but I found someone who's now better than me, and then we crash and burn." But if we can get our self worth from the fact that we we just inherently have worth, like we are children of God, and we build our self confidence around that, now we can start having self compassion. Because we realize we're not better than anybody else. We're on the same level field. I make mistakes. The people who I think are amazing, they make mistakes. And then we give ourselves permission to be okay with that. So how does this happen? How can you stop hinging your worth off of the end product, a success, an achievement, so you can instead be more able to survive the real mess of progress and what that really looks like? Yeah. How does that happen? I'm just like, how? I know. No, it is. And it's so hard. Like when I, when I, you know, when I coach people on the phone and stuff, I'm like, well, how do I get myself worth? Like, and it's like, oh my gosh, like it's so hard to be like, all right, step one, step two, step three, yeah. because it's so, it's so unique for everybody. And, you know, I hate when you see like some of these like famous, you know, life coaches are like, oh no, do this thing and you'll be fixed. And it's like, oh, right, let's be honest. Like it is not that simple. Everyone is, everyone's situation is so complicated. Yes. And, and when people talk, we're always we're protecting our emotions, you know, and we want to appear that we're not better, but we want to appear that we're more stable or that mm-hmm. we've got things figured out than, than sometimes we really do. Uh, you know, I guess it kind of my go back in all of this is I, you know, what I tell people is like, you know, we first need to figure out why and how God loves us. If we really want to figure out our self-worth, figure out why and how God loves us. And then go figure out why and how we should love God. Because I, you know, me being a, a, a God-fearing man, I believe there is definitely a power that comes from that. Yeah. Uh, and then another step in that, I guess we say step three, is we have to let people see us. Huh. We have to let them see, like, you know, it's interesting. Because a lot of people are like, no, like, I'm open. Like, everybody sees me. It was like, eh. A lot of us have that, just that one or two things that we think, well, if people really saw that, if they really knew that about me, if they knew I thought like that, then they wouldn't love me. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, and so self-love is not, it's not in a vacuum and it doesn't come just from us. It, it, it's too, in my experience, again, I'm not a licensed, licensed psychologist by any means, but from what I've observed is if we really want self-love, self-compassion, we, we get it from, from ourselves, but we also get it from others. We can't be on a stranded island and be like, oh, I feel great. That connection he made there about having and receiving compassion from those who really matter in your life, oh, that was a light bulb moment for me. And we're going to dig into that some more. But first, another huge player in self-compassion that we talked about is honoring your emotions. And it's because I get it. Anxiety and self-doubt are not fun. And that's what we often feel as we are trying to work on ourselves and grow. So what we find ourselves doing is making the quote unquote easier choice by pushing those feelings aside to numb them or distract ourselves from them. But if you really want to be compassionate 
to the life and experience you are having and the life and experience you want to have, you need to feel things, really, really feel them. And this is the piece that really shifted things for Josh as he went through his own time of realizing, hey, this is messy, this is hard, and I need to get through this. He realized he had to deal with the emotions. You know, I tell people I was blissfully unaware how unhappy I was. Like I thought I was happy, but subconsciously, because of these aspects that I didn't like about myself or, you know, subconsciously not giving myself compassion, like I really wasn't, you know, experiencing the happiness and joy or even emotions that I should have been feeling. Yeah. But because I had those walls of like, no, I, I can't go there again subconsciously. Uh, but, how, but for me, like how it's changed my life is it's just, well, in a lot of ways, it's enhanced my ability to have compassion for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be the, the biggest one is to have compassion for others. And I also think just to overall feel my emotions. We always think like, oh, emotions are bad. But no, emotions are amazing things. And it's great that we can feel all all of them. You know, people like, oh, I just want to be happy. You know, I, 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 there's this woman who posted on Facebook how every morning she is happy. She wakes up happy and she decides to be happy. And I'm like, I don't even think God operates like that. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff that happens. Or, or thing like, if you ever had anything bad happen in your life, that you just choose to be happy? Like, again, we're not wired like that. We're not wired to operate like that, to always be happy. Mm. And so that's why it's that critical key that we have compassion for when we do make mistakes, we all will every day. So we don't like, again, crash and burn. All right. I just, I love that you were saying that this, I mean, this is a, is this a complex thing? We have to really dive into so many layers of this. And I think what you're, what you said about feelings and not every day is going to be bright, sunshiny, happy, allows us to have compassion towards ourselves a little bit better. Just like accepting that life is supposed to be hard enables us to have that compassion that, hey, we're not going to navigate it all perfectly all the time. No. And to realize that so does everybody else. Yes. Because yeah, the the comparison is so hard. We see other people, especially on social media, we're like, oh, they got their life figured out. I don't, or I'm I, I'm exhausted trying to pretend that I have it figured out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's not sustainable. And yes. But yeah, but we're the happiest people can say like, yep, I I don't have it figured out. I'm kind of crashing and burning <laughs> as we speak. Um, but it's amazing. I mean, that's where we get that. I guess also self of sense, self of sense of self worth is when we could admit those things. Okay. You know, so again, kind of go back to the things I said. Okay, one, figure out why God loves us. You know, so kind of like the God aspect. You know, the, the other part is um, letting people see like the ugly side of us. Mm-hmm. And then the third part is giving ourselves permission and time to fall in love with ourselves. Like for example, you have a husband and wife get married when they, you know. The, you know, the the, the night of the, the of their wedding wedding, we were like, all right, how much do you guys love each other? Eh, okay, whatever answer they give. But then, you know, hopefully that 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 love grows and grows and grows. But they can't necessarily pick an exact time. Okay, this is when we started loving each other, or this is the exact date I fell in love. No, it it grows kind of like you know like a sunrise or a sunset. Like it's very like it's very gradual. And we have to do that with ourselves and discovering why and how we should love ourselves. And for me, in my experience, it's been giving myself permission 
to figure what that to figure out what that looks like. You know, I feel like a lot of us have like this big red button in life that we're not sure what it does, but we're terrified to push it because of the consequences. It's like, you know what? Push the button. Worst case scenario, whatever it is, come what you know, I guess in the words of, of Elder Worth, I believe it was, was Elder Worth who said, come what come what may and love yes, it. Yeah, yeah, totally was. <laughs> no, there's so much truth to that. Um huh. say like you know, I started finding, I guess, being becoming a more higher functioning person when I, I could love myself and let the let the ugly side be seen to people. Hmm. And we don't have to even be apologetic for it. Um, you know, for like, sorry, I'm talking diary at the mouth here talking nonstop. This is but, what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, and so I remember like, for example, my family would always be like, Josh, you're the worst driver. And I, I got offensive. I was like, no, like, I'm not the worst driver. Like, I'm really good. And like, no, like, you've been in this many wrecks, this many tickets. <laughs> and finally, when I could, when I could finally say like, you're right, I am a terrible driver. I get lots of speeding tickets. Like, I've been in several wrecks. Like, when I could admit that fault... One, it gave them no power because now they're like, oh, shoot, like we can't like debate Josh. Like he, he admits it. But like it just found this like the center of like calmness to be like, oh, it's OK that I'm a bad driver. Like, I mean, it's not OK that I'm like, you yeah. know, causing or whatever, but like, sure. OK that like I'm not perfect in yeah. that. Isn't that such a freeing way to view yourself? You're allowed to not be perfect. You're allowed to not have it all together. And this doesn't mean that you can't choose to really work hard at changing things you know you need changing, but being allowed to see yourself in full, flaws and all, without shame, but with compassion, that's going to lead to real growth. And it's also going to lead with real connection to those who matter, to you. I asked Josh how this tied into a special relationship I see between him and his dad. And a little background here, Josh is an Idaho farm boy. His family is very tight-knit, and he was also a strong member of the LDS Church and a really, really, really good uncle. And Josh is also gay. We didn't make the podcast centered around this fact, but his struggles with that is what taught him so much about this compassion piece we talked about with this entire episode. So as Josh came to terms that he needed to make different decisions than he had thought he would be able to uphold in the past, he had an opportunity to share all with his family. We share this next story as a way to exemplify what it looks like to have compassion on both sides, Josh towards himself and his family towards him too, as he navigated something really difficult and scary. Do you have an example of someone in your life, a friend or a family member who you were just like, able to have that breakthrough of realizing when you show that you're not a perfect person and they still are there anyway and accept you for who you are and how that kind of like built up that confidence to still keep showing up and in yourself and growing and falling feeling forward like you've talked about you know it's interesting so when i was going through uh i was going through I'd, i'd just been disfellowshipped and so much shame around that and I didn't want my family to know. Like, I was terrified to let them know. But I was crashing. Like I was literally having a mental breakdown. Like, you know, my coworkers were like, Josh, you okay? Like, we noticed something's like off. Something's different with you. But again, I didn't want anybody to know that, that, I, that I had been disfellowshipped. And then I was, you know, breaking up with this from this codependent relationship, which was extremely toxic. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to put on this like facade, like, no, I got this figured out. Like, I'm doing good. And 
when I wasn't, you know, I, I, I called my dad, my siblings. I said, well, you guys will come over to, to my house. Like, I need to talk to you, but please don't bring any of the grandkids. So this was a huge flag because this was completely out of the ordinary. It had never been done in my family. They're like, all right, why is Josh call, calling his little family council together with just the adults, no grandkids? And so I get there and I, I start talking and I just lose it. Like, I started sobbing. And again, I was so, again, so ashamed that, you know, that I'd been disfellowshipped and I didn't want to talk about that. And my sister-in-law was like, uh, like, you're not as put together as we thought you were about this whole like Mormon and gay thing. And I was like, no, I'm a mess. Like I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have things figured out yet. And, you know, again, it, I wasn't emotionally ready to let all that baggage out to them. It needed to happen, but, but I wasn't there yet. It was. It took a few months, you know, little bits and pieces. I as I slowly unpacked that bag, to let my family see, like, okay, here is really what's going on, mm-hmm. and they were great. Like, uh, they were phenomenal in in how they responded, you know. And I've heard other people's stories where family members haven't been great, but my family. The thing that was the I think some key factors there was, my family knew they didn't understand what I was going through. And so they didn't try to pretend either. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people will be like, oh, it's just like this. It's like, no, no, no. You have no doubt. You can't say it's just like that because you don't know what, what I'm experiencing. So they didn't try to pretend they knew what I was what I was going through. And another thing is they showed up. They showed up in phone calls. They showed up in, in really nice letters. Um, they were just amazing that way. And again, when I talk about the component of you know, God's love and letting people see like the ugly side. Like we have to have that component if we want to love ourselves. Cause, because again, it doesn't happen in our vacuum by ourselves. Yeah. Because once we know people love us, like it's like, you know, it kind of triggers like, okay, yeah, I can, I, if they can love me, like, like I can love me. It's just, you know, it's, it's the yin and the yang of letting yeah. people love us and loving ourselves. It's so weird because it's not like you're hinging your worth off of someone's validation of you. But in exposing the real you and seeing that validation exist still can help you continue in having that yourself. Yeah. Say it. Yeah. You don't say it hinges. Exactly. You don't want to say it hinges on it. But for the recipe of like self-love and self-compassion, like they both have to be there. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that you have that piece because I feel like a lot of times we hear. In my opinion. No, I think you're right. I think a lot of times we hear about how the way you think can have no connection with others. And I don't think that's very realistic in the long run. I think it needs to be both, like you've talked about, right? It's so frustrating. Like, you know, like all you have to do is worry about yourself. Just love yourself. Just be yourself. It's like, no, it doesn't work on a Friday night when we're alone at home or we're going through like really hard stuff with our spouse and our kids to think like, well, I just have to think positive thoughts or I just have to love myself because we are built for connection and we need that validation from others. Now it gets, it gets, you know, obviously it gets toxic when we look for validation one from one person or there's like, you know, crazy things and people like, well, what about this or that? You know, obviously we're not talking about that. We're talking about like just generally, we do, yeah, we need that, that yin yang, that, that balance of validation. Yeah. Everything we've talked about today is such, it's such a fine line. It, it, it can, it can, <laughs> you know, it, it can always go over to the side of it, not being healthy or really 
promoting things or it can, it can oh, yeah, be absolutely. too like of a martyr place either. So everything about this is a fine line. I was so grateful to Josh that he would be so willing to share some of the hardest lows of his life so we could see how important this balance is, this fine line of compassion towards ourselves and our willingness to be seen, truly seen by our loved ones so they can also lend us compassion as well. Now I just had to ask all these questions to Josh about what he's working on right now and how that ties into what he's been teaching us here, how you have to fall forward. And that means showing up. So Josh, let's just talk about like one thing you're working on right now that you are trying to practice some self-compassion as you navigate it. Oh my gosh, this is a vulnerable question. I've never even, why are you asking me this question? I totally sprung this on you. I'm, I'm going to be honest. And the truth is, like, I'm still very much working on my self-worth, mm-hmm. you know, and people write me like, oh, I wish you're you're so confident. I was like, you know, what, guys, like there are some days I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to shut my blog down. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to get off Facebook. I'm wasting my time. I'm not helping anybody. Nobody even cares that I'm even here. And it's not like it's not this like severe depression. I want to go kill myself, but it's just it's like yeah. icky, like you know, what? like I'm done. Like I'm just wasting my time. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I, and I have some days where I'm like, man, I can't believe my, my mind went there. Like the overall is going pretty good, but then I can I can go back there again. And so, and again, it's not that choice. Like oh, I'm choosing to be happy because I acknowledge those feelings and I, I sit with those feelings. Um, but I guess I'm just working on, again, always working on that self-love, self-care. Do you feel like a big part of that self-compassion is still showing up? Just still yes. doing things like that you believe that you want to believe in or work on, even when you have those days where you're like, none of it matters, I don't matter, and you still show up. That's absolutely so true. It's like getting up and like, all right, I didn't do so great yesterday or I did okay. I'm going to do this again. And it is, it's, it's an experiment. You know, we talked about like, you know, Thomas Edison and his, he has one of those famous quote of, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I learned a thousand ways to like, to not make a light bulb yeah, to like, he finally figured it out. And it's, and it's so true with, with life, you know, and even though there's like thousands of help, self-help books and courses mm-hmm. and life coaches, we are all so unique so unique to what, 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 what works for one person may be, you know, detrimental to another person. Yes. And a lot of times people want to rely on family, church leaders, religion, whatever, for like detailed instructions. But in my case, whenever I look for detailed instructions, like that's where I like, I really was either became stagnant or just really failed. That's so good. That makes sense. (laughs) Totally. Okay. What goal in your life are you working on right now? Whether it's fitness, career, like interpersonal, what is the goal you are working on right now? My goal right now is to actually get much better at my live Facebook video videos. Because yeah, I'm terrified of speaking in public. I know I, I stutter. I can sometimes I mumble. I'm, I mean, I see, you know what I'm talking about, a little ADHD. And so I want to become better at that. Okay. Because it's one of those insecurities that is visible when I'm actually out doing it. Yeah, you just, hey, there you go again. You're still showing <laughs> up. Okay. Um, what is your number one way to motivate yourself when you need it? Oh, my number one way to motivate mm-hmm. is actually like rid myself of all distractions and get a notepad and paper yeah. and just start writing. Okay, love or the that. best. 
The best thing is if I can get a dry erase board with those markers and just go to town for an hour of just writing out my thoughts. That's brilliant. Like, it's not loud music. I just, like, you know, I have, like, I, I wish I could share my phone. I have, like, you know, dozens and dozens of, you know, Josh thought processes on the dry erase board. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. I figured something out. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the best way I motivate myself. Ooh, I love that. Okay. What is one way you have recently invested in yourself? And that can be a thing. That can be an idea you've invested in. It could be books. It can be courses. Oh, the best way I've invested in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, most of it's just I read a ton. Yeah, I I read a ton, and I'm trying to get better at you know. Before I was doing, I did a lot of books on on Audible, um, but I found that I wasn't retaining the information as much, and so now I'm trying to you know. So now a lot of my Audible books, I've now purchased a hard copy. And now as I'm doing so much better at writing notes or underlying and then going back and summarizing after I read the chapter, like, okay, what did I learn? Because I'm like, shoot, I just spent six hours reading this book. I felt great. But now I can't even write a book yeah, report what's on it. Yeah, take away? Yeah. Okay, that is awesome. Your way of investing yourself is writing book reports. That is so cool. <laughs> well, no, I don't write book reports. I, but for you yourself. Know, I just take notes. <laughs> okay, to me, that's a book report. That's incredible. Okay, Josh, this has, been, this has been so fun. Thank you very much for being on the show. Oh, I've loved it. Thanks so much, Monica. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow and progress in your life. Want to take your learning to a whole new level? There are three ways. The first is to print off this month's free printable to help track your progress on the theme at hand. You can find that on my website aboutprogress.com slash free. The second way is to join our free and private Facebook group called Work in Progress. I've linked to that in the show notes. There you can receive community, inspiration, and accountability. And lastly, you can share your voice and your words on this show, literally. Our last episode of each month will feature members of this growth-driven community. Here you will share ways that you have worked on your own progress related to the theme. You can share tips that you would like other listeners to know or even funny stories to help them feel better. Don't be shy. You do have something of value to offer this community. You can find out how to contribute your voice or your words by going to my website aboutprogress.com click on podcast and then click on be on the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember life is about progress, not perfection. What's your favorite way to unwind? My favorite way to unwind. Oh my gosh. I love walks. I love, 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 love walks. And so and which is kind of hard because in Idaho, when I was living in Idaho, you know, I had access to like the farm. I could go walking. But here I'm in L.A., it's not quiet. And you can't yeah. go for a walk without, I don't know, like someone like, just a lot of crazy stuff that goes on. Yeah. I'm like, I do not feel safe walking down the road, especially this time at night. Mm. Um, and so I'm trying to find a new way to figure out how to do that. Because what was working in Idaho for my long walks is not working in L.A. So yeah. I don't know yet. <laughs> Oh, I I know what that's like. I actually have a treadmill in my garage just so I can walk there when it's not safe. <laughs> so maybe you can get yourself a treadmill on your balcony if you have one or something. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.